Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin with you for the Everlasting Word. Now, today we're going to be in the book of Romans, chapter 12. And if there was a title to today's to today's lesson, it would be Our Service to God. Now, I've been primarily meditating on the first three verses in Romans chapter 12, but verse 1 is so loaded with 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 lessons that we really need firmly planted in our spirits that in today's 15-minute message, I might not get out of verse 1. For as we look at Romans 12, 1, and this is Paul writing to the Christians in Rome, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, if we look at the, the, the wording that Paul chooses to use in this verse, we, we look at the word beseech. Now, a synonym or synonyms for the word beseech would be beg or plead. Now, Paul is literally begging and pleading with, and, and I, I can almost picture as he's writing this, tears are streaming down his face. He's literally begging and pleading with the Christians in Rome of the, about their service to the, to the one true living God. Now, as I meditated more on this word beseech and thought more about it, I, I began to have to ask my question, ask myself the question. I said, is my faith strong enough? Is my commitment to my Lord and Savior strong enough that I would literally beg and plead with people about their relationship with the true and the living God, about their salvation, about their service to God? Would Am, am I committed enough that I would literally beg and plead with people about that? And, and, and brothers and sisters in Christ out there listening, you need to ask yourself the question, is your faith strong enough? Is your commitment strong enough that you would literally beg and plead with people about their relationship with the one true and living God. The one true and living God that sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's a very convicting question, and it's like a rhetorical question. We can only personally answer that within our own hearts. But again, it's a very convicting question. Now we move on to the next word, and that's mercies. And Paul writes, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, if we think about this from, from the perspective of Paul and his use of the word mercies, we think about Paul be, before he was saved, when, when he was Saul, uh, when he was before he was converted and saved on the road to Damascus, he was wrecking the church. He was consenting to the execution of people of the church. He was actually absolutely a sworn enemy to the church. But when he had papers in his hand and he was on his way to Damascus and that great light shone round about him on the road to Damascus. And that great light was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the Lord spoke to Paul and the Lord saved Paul. Paul, God's grace, God's mercy was shed upon Paul's heart. And Paul was changed. Paul was made a new creation. He was made a new creature. And, and rather than being a sworn enemy of the church and wrecking the church, his, his goal then was to build the church of God, to, to uh, convert 
convert people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's from Paul's perspective. But then we got also, friends, we got to look at it from our perspective. What is our perspective of God's mercies on our life? Well, the first thing is our salvation. If you're out there and you're born again and you're truly saved, God has shed his mercy. He has shed his grace on you because he saved your soul. He convicted you of your sins. He showed you that you were lost and you were doomed for a devil's hell and you were in need of a, of being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's when God shed his grace and his mercy upon your life. And friends, we don't need to take it for granted and we need to be ever so thankful of it. But then God's, and notice how Paul uses the word mercies, plural. God's mercies renew to us every day. And I would recommend that every one of us take a pen and a, a piece of paper and we jot down God's mercies that he's shown us in our life. For I wrote down a few things. And of course, after salvation, I wrote down my parents. How that my parents was so committed to me, they provided for me, they grew me up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and they taught me right. I could never have had better parents than I had. And then the next thing I wrote down was my wife. God led me to her. God showed me that she was the one that he had prepared for me to spend the rest of my life with. And I wrote down several other things, and I, for time's sake, I don't have time to share them all. But one thing that I wrote down was during my rebellious years, God did, God did not end my life. He was long-suffering. He was merciful, and he lovingly drew me back to his fold. So then we really need to think about God's mercies that he's shown us in our life. And one thing that happens is a lot of times we allow Satan to cloud those mercies, God's mercies that he's shown us, and we begin to take them for granted. We really do. And, that, and that's skating on thin ice, for we need to have a clear vision of what God's mercies are that he's shown us in our life. And then we move on. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. So he's saying, present yourselves before the true and the living God. In other words, willingly surrender by faith. And now a lot of people, they, they, they're hesitant to willingly surrender by faith because they, there's unknown there. We don't know where God might send us. We don't know what God might lead us to do. But we are to willingly surrender ourselves by faith and allow God to have complete control in our life because of what he's done for us. Jesus Christ came. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood for us so that we may be saved. And because of those mercies that God has, has shown us in our life and, and provided for us in our life, we should willingly surrender ourselves to him by faith. For we think about before Abraham 
His name was Abram. He was told to get away from his father's house, to get away from his kindred, and go into a land that that God would show him. Abram didn't know where he was going. He was just following God by faith. And that's what we are to do. We are to willingly surrender, and we are to dismiss the fact of where we where we might be led to go, what may, what we might be led to do, and just willingly surrender by faith. And notice that we're not forced to present ourselves. For God wants us to serve him out of a living heart. He's not going to force us. He wants us to serve him out of a loving, devoted heart to him because of what he's done for us. Now we go to the next word, and that next word is sacrifice. Now it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now I looked up a very interesting definition of the word sacrifice. And the definition I looked up, it says, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Now, we all have things in our life that we hold value to. We really do. What What's valuable to me may differ from what's valuable to you. But we all have things that we um, attribute a certain value to in our life. But then we need to ask ourselves the question, <clears throat> are we willing to give up what we think is valuable for the sake of, of serving our Lord, do we do we consider the for the service to our Lord more important or more worthy than anything that we might think is valuable, friend? If we don't, then we are committing the sin of idolatry. For there is nothing more important in our life than our service. Number one, our salvation, and then there's nothing more important than our service, or nothing more worthy than our service to our Lord, and everything else should take a back seat to the service to our Lord. But see, a lot of times we we hold things of higher regard and higher value than our service to our Lord, and therefore we drift away from God. We take things for granted. We think His mer- we take His grace for mercy uh, for granted. We take His His uh, mercies that He grants us um, every day for granted, and and we're wandering around in this world, and we wonder where God is. But in, but in reality, God had, in our lives. God has taken a back seat and we're worshiping and following other things. But see, we need to be able to give up those things that we think are valuable for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is more important. He is worthy. But we really need to think about that. But then we look at the terms holy and acceptable. Now, when we present ourselves to God, God's not going to use a dirty vessel. He's not going to use a sinful vessel. For when I when I think about these terms, holy and acceptable, I think about Cain and Abel. <clears throat> For the Bible tells us that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In other words, Abel met God's conditions. Cain went through the motions. 
Cain presented himself, but Cain did not meet God's conditions. And friends, if we're going to serve God and be holy and acceptable to him, we must meet his conditions. We cannot, so we cannot have sin in our heart. We cannot have these things of the world in our heart. We must meet his conditions. And our, when we present ourselves to him, when we willingly surrender to him, we must meet his conditions and be holy and acceptable unto him. For friends, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people sitting on church pews. They got one foot in the world, one foot in the church, and the Bible clearly tells us that you cannot serve God and mammon, for we need to be holy and acceptable, fully committed, fully cleansed before a a holy and a righteous God so that we may serve him and be led in his paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But then we go down toward the end of the verse. And it says, and Paul sums up verse 1, where he says, which is your reasonable service. What Paul's talking about here, he's saying, friends, for what God has done for us, for the plan of salvation that he had, for the simple plan of salvation that he has provided unto us and his mercies that he daily grants to us every day, it is only reasonable that we present ourselves a living sacrifice, completely give ourselves up. We completely give up all control. We completely give up everything, and we follow him by faith, just like Abram did when he left his kindred, when he left his father's house. We don't know where God's going to take us. We don't know what God's going to lead us to do, but we completely surrender ourselves a living sacrifice to him and just follow him by faith. Paul is saying that's only reasonable that we should do that because of what God has done for us. And friends, we need to really stop and think about and ask ourselves the question, what is our service to our Lord and Savior? What, how are we serving them? Are we, are we completely committed to him? Are we completely surrendered to him? We need to really stop and take an inventory of how we're serving him, the intentions of why we're serving him. Is our heart pure? Is our heart clean? Are we holy and acceptable before him? And, and are we following him by faith or are we following him for some other circumstance? So, again, that's a rhetorical question, and we can only answer that personally within our own heart. But I ask that every one of us take inventory of what our service is to our God, and are we totally and completely surrendered to Him? And I hope you are. And like I said at the onset, I wasn't going to get out of verse 1, because verse 1 is absolutely loaded with lessons that each and every one of us need to have deeply rooted within our hearts. It truly is. And I hope this message has been helpful to you, and I will be back with you next week. This is Joel Martin.